Thank you for listening to the Grace Church Podcast, where you can find teachings, Bible studies, and words of encouragement for any season. For more resources, you can go to graceorlando.com. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I take these women that we're talking about, and I thank you right now that we curse COVID and all of its effects. We thank you, Jesus, that 2,000 years ago, COVID was laid on you. Even before it would ever hit this world, it was laid on you and you took it and you died from it so that we could have life and life more abundantly with it. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Last week, we talked about the two towers, the Tower of Adam, which is law and death, and the Tower of Jesus, which is grace and life. And these are two different places that people live. This would be the unsaved and this would be the saved. Okay. But what we're going to talk about today is how you can be saved and still be living like Adam. I know I did it for a lot of years. So um, we're going to discuss that and we're going to break that down today. Before you start to understand how could this happen, what you have to understand is that two different covenants were never meant to mix together. Are you hearing me? You can't find anywhere in the Bible and show me where they lived under law and grace at the same time in the Bible anywhere. There's nowhere they did that. So we're going to talk about where did that enter in and how does it, how has it even entered into the church today with us that were never under the law? You can still get yourself under the law, okay? And it's by whatever it is that you're listening to, okay? See, remember, this is Adam. Hey, he looks pretty good. I mean, he's got his little badge here. He's got a security officer, you know, shirt on. He's even got a little radio. But do you know what? He's dead. There's no breath in him. He can't produce anything. And what we have done, all of us at some form and fashion in in our time in church, is that we try to carry him around and show him off how good he looks or how good she looks. The word for death, necros in the Greek, literally means that there's no breath in in them left. And if there's no breath, there's no life. See, the new covenant is a new and living way. The old covenant is we are dead indeed because of sin. Okay. All right. Now, the first thing that I want to point out is the two main covenants that we will, that we will see in the New Testament, especially in the epistles of Paul. He talked about two covenants. Okay. The first covenant was called a Zuzerin vassal covenant. It was conditional. It was based on your performance. And example, love the Lord God with all your heart, heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. There is nobody in this room that can do that. Nobody can do that. Nobody can fulfill that because we could have. Jesus needed never to come. And that's what the terminology is being a disciple is. We're no longer disciples. Jesus used discipleship for a period of time because that's how his Jewish brethren would identify how to follow him. But it was lost after the book of Acts and you cannot find the word disciple in any of the epistles from Romans all the way to Revelations. It's not there. Why? Because now we're sons and daughters. See, discipleship is that you change your outer appearance. Do you know what they would do with their rabbi? The the rabbi would walk in front and all of his disciples would fall in a line and they would tie a rope around their right wrist all the way down, each one of them, and they would learn how to walk like him so that whenever they went anywhere, all the other rabbis would say, that's so-and-so's disciple. But it was all changed from the outside. Listen, your self-effort to change your outside and make it look better 
is a failing system that will frustrate you in the end. And what it'll end up doing is frustrating the grace of God. It'll end up frustrating the grace of God. Doesn't mean that God doesn't still love you. Doesn't mean that you're still not the righteousness of God. Doesn't mean God even won't still bless you, but it won't be the full abundant life that he's promised you. Because God cannot bless flesh. He can only bless the spirit. Okay, and then over here, we've got the royal grant covenant. It's unconditional. It's based on another's performance. What did Jesus say? Hey, listen, I didn't come to get served, but to serve and lay down my life for a ransom for many. So this one got the blessings based upon their performance, which would fail. This one, we get best blessed based on his performance in our place. So now we can receive freely all we didn't deserve. Why? Because Jesus got everything that we deserved so we could get everything that he deserved. Listen, to think there's anything different than that, we might as well all pack in our bags and go home and give up now because there's no way we could do what this demanded. Okay, so the first verse we're going to look at is, oh, by the way, just to wrap up on this, son and daughter, inner. Hey, listen, I'm not here to tell you I'm right and you're wrong. Whatever you believe is you believe. I'm not even going to argue with that with you. But this is what I do know. I was a wretched person, and the grace of God gripped my heart, and my life doesn't look anything like it used to. And I can't credit it to anything that I've done. I can only credit it to what he's done. Listen, here, this might even shock you. I can't even credit that it was my choices because he did something in here first so that I had the ability to respond to the right choices. You know how many people I've seen in church that they go down the altar and they do false repentance, which is being beating themselves up and telling God how sorry we are? That's not real repentance, okay? And they get up, oh, thank God, I'm good. And they go right back and do the same thing again. And they go right back and do the same thing again. And they go right back and do the same thing again. Me, for years as a drug addict, God, help me. Never changed me, though. Not until his grace gripped my heart. Do you know it says it's a good thing that the heart be established in grace? Because remember, the heart is the Hebrew word leb, which means what controls the inside. So his love controls your inside. What do you think is going to come on the outside? Here, let me give it to you in Jesus' word. I'm the vine, you're the branches. You can do nothing apart from me. Okay, listen, the branch can never bring forth the fruit of the spirit on its own. The vine has to push through the sap into the branch, which is grace, undeserved, unmerited favor. Then it gives us an empowerment to be able to bring forth the fruit of the Spirit. So we can't even take credit for that. I tell you this, you can't take credit for your own good deeds. You can't. And why would you want to? Because all that does is build up pride, self-righteousness, thinking that you did it when it was really Jesus. And he says that I'll work in you to will and to do for His good pleasure. He works in you with his miracle working power, which is his undeserved, unmerited favor, which will produce in your life love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Even self-control. So a little testimony. uh, When, you know, I ride motorcycles, if you didn't know. Um, Matter of fact, me and Nikki actually started a YouTube channel on it just to you know, share our passion for motorcycles. We're going to get Nikki on a motorcycle eventually. I used to be upset when drivers 
wouldn't, you know, cut me off or, you know, I had one the other day, I was driving this way on two-lane road, okay, on Wakivia Springs Road, and it was going like this, and they pulled into my lane head on, and then they sit back, and I went around. If that would have been me six months ago, I would have chased that person down. Yesterday, thank God, I'm alive, and you know what the truth is? They're probably looking at their phone. I wouldn't doubt it. I see people doing all the time. Remember, when you're on a motorcycle, you're higher up than people that sit down in cars. So I can see what's going on in, in people's cars. And I see them doing this while they're driving. Okay. So the first, uh, the first scripture we're going to look at is Romans 5.20. Listen to this. Moreover, the law entered. We're going to talk about where it entered. But moreover, the law entered. Why did the law enter? Why, Adam, why did the law enter? That the offense might abound. That's it. That's the only purpose. For the law was so the offense might abound and you would see your need for Jesus. That's it. There's no other purpose for the law. There's no other instruction we need to take from the law unless we're digging out Jesus out of it. But if you're just looking at the law on the surface, there's no purpose for the law in our lives as New Covenant believers. Because if there is, then guess what we're doing? We're mixing these two. Now, think about this, all right? And I saved this for this perfect moment. The word for Babel, right, is confusion. See, when you're under law and grace, you're always confused. Remember when you were little girls? Us guys don't remember this because we're too cool. We didn't do this. And you had a, a flower, and you liked a boy, and it was like, he loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves you not, right? You never knew what it was going to fall on. There was confusion. That's the same thing. You never really know God loves you when you have two covenants that you've mixed together that were never supposed to be put together in the first place. Because when you're secure in his love, things change. But when you're insecure in his love, you end up going out in your own self-effort to do things because you aren't trusting that he's that good and he's going to take care of you. You might even have a struggle right now that nobody else knows about. Listen, Jesus knows. And he was a man and still is a man and God. And he's the one that you can talk to about it. And he knows what you need to have done to you on the inside as far as healing to bring forth something that is looking different than whatever it is that you're producing right now. He knows. And by the way, here, you don't have to stress out about it. In his good time, he'll work it out. And he'll change it. And he'll bring something out of your life that gives glory to Jesus, his finished work, and nothing else. So, interesting enough. So, Babel is confusion. You're confused. I see people all the time. Well, yeah, God loves you, but. Do you know when you put a but there, everything that you said before is disqualified? And what is said after is what is reigning? But. Listen, there's nothing you can do. Nothing you can do. That's ever going to make God stop loving you. Do you know why he can't? Because he is loving. He can't help being who he is. That kind of doctrine will impart fear into people, and that fear will rule them, but they're not free. There's another, another bondage that they're in that they never needed to be in in the first place. Well, Eric, isn't there the fear of God? Yeah. It, the fear is the word yare. It means worship. The fear of the Lord is worship. Remember when Jesus was in the wilderness and he was being tempted and Jesus said, 
you shall worship the Lord and him only. Well, if you go back to Deuteronomy where he was quoting from, it says, you shall fear the Lord. So Jesus interpreted himself the difference between what real fear of the Lord was and what the real worship of the Lord was. And the real fear of the Lord is worship. And do you know the highest form of worship is telling the Father how amazing his son Jesus is? The most anointed songs that I've ever heard were the songs that were all about Jesus. Even the Father doesn't bring attention to himself. He doesn't even bring attention to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit doesn't bring attention to himself. They all bring attention to Jesus. So guess what the root word of Babel is? Bala. Guess what this means? To mix two things together that don't belong and bring both of them to no effect. In other words, grace won't work and law won't work. Neither one of them will work because they have their own platform that they stand on in their own purpose in which God intended them to have. The law was just intended so that the offense might abound. But grace was intended that we may live an abundant life. Listen, you can't change anything. When you accepted Jesus, that was it. It was done. You were sealed with the Spirit until the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit abides in you forever, okay? And you're, nothing can change. Your identity can't change. How God feels about you can't change. None of those things can change. But if you get under mixing covenants, it can affect the quality of your life. I see people in church all the time, older in years, and they've been in church their whole life, and they're still not healed yet. Go back and listen to the series on Rooted, where it breaks down all the roots of why you do what you do, and how God can heal those roots, and you can get set free. To mix two things together that we're never supposed to. Remember when Jesus said, hey, you're not hot, you're not cold, you're lukewarm. What was he talking about? He's talking about covenants. He wasn't talking about you are in, in your sense of how your behavior is towards him. He was talking about what you were believing. You're not hot, grace. You're not cold, law, but you've mixed them together and now you're lukewarm. Yeah, God's good, but I told that to the church because that's where they are. And that was for our time because that's where a lot of people in the church are today. Genuine born again believers. Hey, listen, I'm talking about people that love God. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like they're like, ah, I don't care. I mean, they love God, but they're under two covenants. And because of it, they're not seeing the fullness. God's still good. He's bringing stuff into their life. The goodness of God leads you to repentance. He knows how to get you where he needs to, but they're holding on to two different covenants. Why? It all comes down to trust because they don't understand who he really is they don't have the ability to respond and trust that he's going to take care of them. So they go out on their own and they try to do it on their own. Ever done that before? How frustrating that is? And nothing you ever seem to do ever works? It's mixing covenants. Okay, so back to this, Romans 5.20. So listen to this. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. And then it says what the offense is, but where sin abounded, grace superabounded. So here we are, where sin abounded, Adam... Grace superabounded Jesus. Because remember, all these things are together. Now listen to this. This is awesome. So it says, where sin abounded. It's the Greek word pleonazo. And it means to simply increase. In other words, when you put yourself under law, it will bring an increase of sin. But then it says, but... By grace, it abounded much more. Hooper parisio. 
superabounded. In other words, where the law will bring you to a place where you'll just increase in sin, his grace is greater than, than sin, and it'll bring you to a place that you could never put yourself because it superabounds. Remember, we were talking about Romans 6.14 last week, that sin shall not, double negative, ume, shall not have dominion over you because you're not under law, you're under grace. That means it won't have lordship and control your life. Have you ever had something that just had lordship over you and it controlled your life and there was no way you could get out? Only God's grace can get you out of that situation. Like you, if you knew and you don't know, man, I had a porn addiction most of my life. And in one moment, God telling me that he loved me when I was watching pornography. One moment freed me and I've got almost 10 years free from pornography to the point where like I don't even want to anymore like the I want is gone it's done and that's how I can only stand up here and say it because it's true and guess what whatever your struggle is he can help you with that too maybe your struggle is you're self-righteous and you don't even know it God's going to help you with that he doesn't want you to live like that he doesn't want you to live thinking you're better than other people. He doesn't want you to live looking down on other people. He doesn't want you to live with no compassion. He knows exactly what's wrong with you, and he knows exactly how to fix it. And it's all got to do with getting you under the covenant of grace with no law, no mixture involved. Dude, it is so freeing that the weight is gone. I Listen, here, let me say this boldly. You have no responsibilities to God whatsoever. And if you're carrying anything, he wants to take that off of you. He says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Anything that you're carrying, that you think, oh, I have this responsibility to do this for God, that's not Bible. It isn't. And when I mean it's not Bible, it's not New Covenant. What he'll do is he'll give you the grace in that area and instead of it being a responsibility, you'll have the ability to respond, but it's by grace first that produces that, not you of yourself effort. Amen? Listen, talk to him. Share all your deep, dark secrets with him. You know, David didn't share one secret. Just one. Everything else, read through the Psalms, man. He was open and vulnerable with God. He didn't share secrets about his sex life. And that got him into the biggest trouble that he had ever been in his life. To where a child was lost out of it. And, he, and you know, there was still mixture. There was the mercies of David, but they were still under law. Talk to him about it all. Do you think Jesus can't take it? Do you really think what you've got is so bad that Jesus can't take it? He can take it all. Listen, he went into parties with the worst of the worst of the worst, and he hung out and felt comfortable around sinners. Matter of fact, I, he said, I'd rather be around them than around the self-righteous religious people. Okay, so where did the law come in? Exodus 19.8, listen to this. And all the people answered, listen, God hadn't even told them what, they, what he needed them to do. And presumptuously they spoke, listen to this. All the people answered, all the Lord has spoken, we will do. Yeah, people, you know, they're like, yeah, I keep the word of God. No, you don't. From Genesis to Revelations, you do not keep the word of God. Don't say you do, please, because you don't. 
You might have your best efforts to do so, but you don't keep it. You can't keep it because if you could, Jesus would have never needed to come. So what do these people say? Hey, we, we don't even know what you're going to tell us. By the way, they came out of Egypt by grace. And now they're getting ready to mix law. And we're going to see what happened in their life because of it. All right, are you hearing this? So anything that the Lord says, we will do. Listen to this. Will is ratza, which means to satisfy a debt. And do is asa, which means to accomplish or finish. What they were saying is, hey, we can pay for all of our wrongs. We can pay for all of our wrongs. Hey, what are you kidding? There's people every day, good, good-hearted people in church that are still trying to pay God back for the wrongs. This is exactly where they're at is right here. And they've been in church 5, 10, 15, 20 years. How do I know? I've been in church 20 years. I've seen it. I've been it. And even once in a while, man, it'll like come back up. and I'll be like, whoa, what am I doing? I know that's not who I am. You know what I'm saying? All that he says we will do without even hearing what he was going to say. Wow. And they took grace, which it came out by the blood of the lamb, and law, and they balal. They mixed two things that never was supposed to be mixed together. So God's good, but he's not that good. God will bless us, but only if we're obedient. God will curse us if we're not obedient. All the, it just it keeps going on and on and on. You guys seeing this? All right. So uh, Romans 5.17. Listen to this. For if by one man's offense death reigned, Adam, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by the one Jesus Christ. Those who receive. Here's the word right here. Receive is the Greek word lambano, which is in the present participle. Who receive the abundance of grace abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life through the one, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what our life's supposed to look like. But it's with the abundance of grace, not the abundance of law. It's with the abundance of his gift of righteousness, not with man's self-righteousness. Are you guys getting this? It's very important that we understand and are able to discern rightfully the word of God. Grace Law. Grace and law don't go together. They're not friends at all. They're at war with one another. Because while this one's over here, no, just rest. God's going to do it for you. This one's over here. No, start doing all kinds of works to get it from God. As if God's not that good that he doesn't want to give it to you. Listen, if he gave you his son, he didn't spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not freely give us all things through him? I mean, are you, are you understand? He gave his best. Do you know who Jesus is? In the book of Genesis, Barashit, which is the word for Genesis, Barashit, the son, Bar, brought forth in his glory. Ooh. Grace was there right in the beginning. And in the form of two trees, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, tree of knowledge of good and evil being the law and the tree of life being Jesus, they chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But grace was presented right in the very beginning. He created all things through him and for him and by him. He's the creator. Remember, there's a, there's a part in the law where it, sa- where, where it basically says they worship the created things and not the creator himself. Right? 
He's the creator of all that exists. And God gave him up for you, for me. It's a love story for the ages that never grows old. So how do we reign in life? By receiving the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. How do we do that? It's different for everybody. You're doing it right now. You're under the teaching of grace. So do you know what God's doing right now? You came in. He led you to come in. Because not everybody comes in morning Bible study. They don't want to get up that early, right? So he led you to come in, and now you're sitting under the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. And what he's doing is he's renewing your mind. He's changing the way that you think. So when you walk out of here, you're thinking different, so you're going to live different. And it doesn't happen overnight. It's a progression. But you should always be renewing your mind. Always. Not as a law, but as he loves me, so I want to spend time with him. Not I spend time with him, and then he loves me. Okay, so anyways, the children of Israel have been wandering around in the wilderness for decade after decade after decade, right? And they come to the Jordan, Yardin. It means to descend down to death, right? And they couldn't cross because during harvest time, the waters were overflowed. By the way, isn't it funny, Moses came to an end and he wouldn't allow them to go into the promised land. Do you know why Moses wasn't allowed into the promised land? Because he misrepresented God as being angry with the people when God was never angry with the people. So he died a good old age with his fathers. And who takes his place? This young man, Joshua, Yeshua, Jesus' name, the deliverer. So what does Joshua say by the instruction of God? Well, the priest will hold up the Ark of the Covenant. How many know the Ark of the Covenant is Jesus? That's a picture of Jesus, okay? So he goes in and he says, once they get in the water, the water will reside and they will be able to cross over, okay? Now, what's interesting is, does anybody remember the commander of the army, Naaman, that had leprosy? He was a Gentile and that he, his wife had a, a servant girl, a Hebrew servant girl that told him, hey, there's a prophet in, in Israel that heals, Elijah, right? And so he went, to go, he went to go get healed, and Elijah sent his servant, which offended the, the you know, Naaman, the commander of the army. And then his servant said, hey, he's saying just dip in the Jordan seven times. He goes, isn't there any better rivers? Why? It was murky. What does that mean? There was a mixture of water and dirt, and it was murky water. That's a picture of law and grace. See, law and grace mixing together, which when in uh, Exodus 19, they had grace, and then they mixed it with law. Guess what? It was holding them back from their promised land. It was holding them back from their promised land. So the priests step in. The water is pushed back all the way to a city called Adam. Everything that God had against him was in that mixture of water. And it got pushed all the way back to Adam, the very beginning of where it all came in. And they were able to cross 
over to the promised land. And what was in the promised land? A finished work because all their enemies had already built up all the cities with the houses in it, with the wells in it, and with the uh, vineyards in it. Matter of fact, it says they had all those things and they didn't work for them. They were stepping into a finished work where God's going to provide. you know how God did that? With the, with the Roman Empire over in the Middle East. Do you know they made all the roads before Jesus came? The Romans were, were responsible for the mile markers and for the roads. So basically the Romans built where all of the apostles' footsteps would go to bring the gospel out to the whole nation. See how God works like that? He'll even take what's not good and work it together for the good. One last thing. I wasn't going to share this, but we'll go ahead and do it. Revelations 10.2. Yeah, he's going to give you houses you didn't build, wells you didn't dig, and vineyards you didn't plant. Why? Because Jesus already paid for them all. And why would you double pay for something when it's already been paid for? Matter of fact, do you know he gets more joy out of you receiving than you do? And he gets more joy out of giving and watching you receive. Could you imagine how ecstatic he is when he's got a gift for you that Jesus paid for by his blood so that he could freely hand it to you and watch how excited you get. That brings him ultimate joy. Any of you that have children know this. Revelations 10.2. So in Revelations, there's an angel. And the angel has a rainbow over his head. Now, the first mention of rainbow, word of first mention in hermeneutics, would be after the flood, there was a rainbow, which meant no more judgment, that a judgment had already passed, and there was no more judgment. Okay, so he had a rainbow over his head. That means the mentality of that angel, which really just means representation, it could, have been, it could be a picture of Jesus if you wanted to say that, because it means the same thing. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and he had one foot on the land, and he had one foot in the water, and he had a small book in his hand, the new covenant. See, no judgment mentality. Small book, new covenant, truce, and feet on the water and the stand. With those two things, you can stand on anything but you don't ever want to mix the two. Don't ever want to do that. Um, I remember, because I used to struggle with confession of sins, that you got to confess all your sins in order to be forgiven. <clears throat> it's a lie. I, don't, I believe in confession of sins, but I don't confess my sins to get forgiven. I confess my sins because they're already forgiven. That means I can share openly with Jesus and he can help me for the reason why I'm doing those things, not just those things. That's already taken care of. And I remember first getting grace and hearing that I was righteous and that all my sins are forgiven. And that's when, that's when uh, the journey from getting delivered from pornography started. And the more I listened, the weaker pornography got. The more I listened, the weaker pornography got. The more I listened, the weaker pornography got. And it, and it was bringing these fruits in my life that I had seen here and there, but not a plethora of them like that. See, 
Proverbs says, drink from your own well and water from your own cistern. Drink only what's trusted that God gave you to drink from so that you will have something that you take in that will change you. But don't go to other wells that aren't yours. Be careful who you're listening to. As far as teachers or whatever, be careful. Make sure that they don't have mixture. Because Jesus said, watch out for the leaving of the Pharisees. Only a little lump leavens the whole bunch. And then all of a sudden you're like, man, why am I thinking like that again? It's what you're listening to. But that's just my opinion. Anything that I've said today, please take it to the Lord. Ask Him. He'll give you a better answer than me. I'm just sharing with you what's changed my life. And again, like I said, I'm not saying I'm right and you're wrong. I'm saying I know what Jesus did and how He changed my life. And that's all I can testify to and share. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you right now. I just thank you for all these precious people that you brought in here this morning. I just speak blessings over them. Father, outdo even their opinion of your goodness this week. Show them goodness that far exceeds anything that, that they could dream or imagine, that it would expand their mind about who you are and it would open your, their hearts for them, for them to receive more and more and more of the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Lord, for anything in their mind, will, and emotions or body that need to be healed, I command healing right now. That Jesus paid for it. He bore it. He suffered it so we don't have to. Receive that healing right now with whatever that is. And Lord, we just thank you for what you've done this morning, that we leave out of here different than when we came in. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen.